We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the True Faith free weekly show. We are sponsored by our patrons who pay £5 a month for loads of really good extra content. So if you're not one, do think about joining us. We do all sorts of stuff. I'm not even going to go into it. It's that good. Um, And we're also in partnership with FansBet. Um, So take a look at their website. Um, all sorts of betting that with 50% of the profits go back into fan-based projects, which is really cool. I'm Charlotte Robson. I'm joined today by Chris Shipman. Hello. Rob, Claudia. Claudia? Claudia. Yeah, I know everyone mm-hmm. gets that wrong. Good morning. <laughs> Sorry. And Andy Ballard. Morning, everyone. <laughs> Andy is the happiest, sprightliest, most Sunday morning person you've ever heard. I love it. Um, so we are going to be discussing uh, Newcastle's 1-0 defeat at Wembley to Spurs yesterday. Um, obviously a disappointing result after such a great week. Um, well, you know, it's all relative, but felt like a great week. Big win against City and then, you know, managed to get some people through in the last day of the transfer window. Um, so I'll just go straight into it. Andrew. What was the atmosphere like? How t- t- you went to the game? Talk a little bit about that. So it was a bit of a. I thought it was a bit of a weird atmosphere because Spurs have basically topped off most of the upper deck of Wembley. Mm. So I think there was possibly just above the dugouts. There was probably about thirty or forty fans, but apart from that, it was completely empty. So it kind of felt a bit weird. It, it felt any more like a pre-season game or like an exhibition match because their fans just didn't show up and then also didn't make any noise basically mm. for the entire game um, I understand there's some sort of frustration from their fans point of view at the minute because they've been promised this new ground and it, literally they're not going to get it this season but uh, they've all paid their season ticket money so there's a bit, a bit of disrest disrest, is that a word? That's not a word No <laughs> a but disgr- we know what you mean disgruntled about that situation but it, it sort of led towards a very very weird atmosphere and I think with it being an early kickoff as well Possibly, mm. maybe, maybe some of their fans didn't fancy trekking across to Wembley, which is really quite a pain in the arse to get to, and even more of a pain in the arse to get away from. Um, so that was a bit of a strange atmosphere. The Newcastle fans were, were brilliant, obviously, as you'd expect. There was a lot, a lot of noise coming from the away end. Um, there was a new song in "Let's Get Ready to Rondon," which I haven't quite decided whether I like or not. <laughs> it's, it's, Certainly gets stuck in the head. Oh, it's been stuck in my, it's been stuck in my head since yesterday. I've not I've failed to shake it. Um, 
so that was that was good and it was obviously a very positive atmosphere amongst the Castle fans before because I think a lot of people will share the same sentiment I had which was you know we've had a very good week and anything here was an absolute bonus so it was almost as if the, the pressure was off of our fans and it was a bit more of a relaxed atmosphere from us but overall a bit of a bit of a strange strange game to be at to be honest yeah Chris what did you think uh, yeah I think I'd echo exactly what Andy just said uh, the kind of top tier of Wembley being kind of largely shut was um, you know it was a bit kind of well pathetic really uh, and I, can, I think indicative of the kind of malaise that Spurs fans seem to have about the club uh, one thing I did quite enjoy about that was there were a kind of smattering of people um, in one of the sides of the stadium in the top tier uh, I don't know if they were friends or family or something um, but they had the kind of whole bowl top bowl of the, uh, of the stadium to sit in and there was uh, one kind of pairing of people that had decided um, given all the space that they would kind of sit uh, really far apart uh, when they had the whole stadium to kind of sit in which I found quite entertaining um, I noticed things like that it's so weird people with like seat rows and rows and rows in front of them yeah. like still walking up the steps and sitting alone <laughs> now we know yeah. how the Mackhams feel <laughs> no they have actually properly red seats at Wembley so um, yeah yeah I agree um, it, it, I really hated that it was 12.30 like that really annoyed me and I think it you know it stopped a lot of well not a lot because we had we were out there in force but I know it was more difficult for people to get down from Newcastle if they were just doing the day trip I mean that's a very early start if you're if you're going to get to Wembley for 12.30 kickoff. Um, Rob what did it look like on the telly I know you were watching from home yeah it was um, good game it was um, all you could hear was the Newcastle fans the away end was loud as usual when it's on TV but um, particularly I think because of the like you were just saying the Maybe the uh, lack of atmosphere from the home fans particularly made it sound... It, it sounded like it was at St James's Park. It was so loud and um, it, it was fantastic to hear that the support that our team gets. You know, I mean, I haven't been in many games away now. Um, it's, it's fantastic to see it. But when it's on TV, <clears throat> we had people tweeting us yesterday saying all you could hear was Newcastle fans and things like that. And it was... It's it's great. It must be fantastic for the players to be on the pitch and mm. have that have that backing. And it's exactly what Rafa wants, isn't it? He always says he wants the he wants the support from the fans and get it at every single away game. So yeah, it was it sounded fantastic. And uh, looks like you guys must have had a great uh, a great day there. Apart from yeah, the, result, apart from the result. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> did they did they raise it on the telly that the this Bears fans just hadn't shown up and. Towards the end of the game as well, they had their. I mean, Newcastle fans get made fun of this, but they all had their bed sheets out with stuff written on it. Um, oh right. The end of the game as well. I don't know whether I didn't hear much said. Like, but um, they did comment at the beginning um, that it was a particularly low attendance, um, and they did say about what you said earlier about the difficulty getting to the ground, and maybe there is a little bit of disgruntledness or. What did you say? Mm-hmm. D- disrest. Disrest. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of disrest. Yeah, it's, it's Sunday the 3rd of February, I've invented a word. So. <laughs> Very good. I don't know what you guys have achieved it's, so far. It's literally on record now, so... Come for Great. the podcast, stay for the word coinage. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say unrest, but, you know. Well, that's probably All right, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we're not getting into vocabulary wars today. Okay, let's, let's, um, let's, yeah, let's read that in a Yeah, minute. I, you know, I will move on in a second, but... Um, yeah, the how quiet their fans were was astonishing to me. Like, we'll we'll talk a bit about the goal in in a little while, but when they scored, 
I was so surprised at the noise they made because I was like, they 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 probably just politely clap and leave, <laughs> like <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> A lot, so, a, lot um, of them, a lot of them did leave when the goal went in. Oh and it was that like, is true. It's terrible. It's like, right, we've got <laughs> like, the goal. Newcastle done. probably right. aren't going to score. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we'll move on to the game. We've set the atmosphere. We're all at Wembley. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Dubravka. Now, I have only watched this back once because it's a bit painful, but... That was a fairly awful mistake, I think, to let that goal in. Um, Rob, do we do we think are we worried? It's a second mistake. I think Man U obviously there was a bit of a clangor. Does it worry you that he's letting in goals that easy, or like, or, or what? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it worries me. I mean, I think I think the way you have to look at it is um, he's he's going to win us a lot more points than, than he's going to lose us, and. Mm. That's that's what a lot of people seem to understand, and um, if if we if we'd started the season without him in our squad, we'd undoubtedly be in the bottom three. Um, and if we had Darlow, Elliot, or Woodman as our first choice, or if they were all sort of competing for that first place keeper spot without Dubravka in the squad, I'm pretty sure we'd be in the bottom three. So he's allowed the odd error here and there because mm-hmm. you know I mean obviously those are big errors because they've cost us. You know points, but I think the, the the impact that he's had overall since coming into our team is is very very noticeable and very positive. He marshals the defense very very well, um, which is something that's really noticeable when you when you watch the games. You know, he's he's constantly talking to the to the back four mm. or five or whatever you want to call it. Um, he, he just looks like a very commanding presence and. It is unfortunate that he's made those those two errors, and I mean that one yesterday was particularly disappointing because we, you know we were having a, a positive week and we were looking like we were going to get a point at Wembley, but just wasn't to be. And I know we'll probably come on to whether we did or didn't deserve a point, but you know it's just a shame, really. But yeah, I think um, I'm not I'm not worried. He's uh, he's going to be he's he's going to continue to be a, a positive for for our team. Andy, do you? How do you feel about it? I just think it's unfortunate. It's it's one of those things that happens. I mean, you got to remember. I think we signed Dubravka from. A, he was he wasn't even starting for. Was it Prague we bought him for? We got him for like one point five million, and the amount that we've gotten out of him, as Rob says, he's more than paid back his transfer fee. And I guess to some level, maybe you should expect for like a one point five million pound goalkeeper to probably make mistakes at some stage. Um, it's 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 really unfortunate because he has been so superb and I think he's got enough credit in the bank with Newcastle fans that the people aren't going to start getting on his back. I've, mm-hmm. I've been trying to think of reasons for why it might have happened and I think I've, I've come up with one. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really remember them testing Dubravka much throughout the game and I basically don't remember them testing him in the second half at all, really. Now, it was an extremely cold day and Dubravka, although having to be aware hasn't actually really had to make a save and I think I'm going to blame the cold weather on it I think he was just a bit cold he's been caught literally cold that shot's just come out of him <laughs> and he spilled it and I think it's, it's unfortunate but I don't think it's a reflection of him as a goalkeeper overall I think it's just a it's just a bad one these, these things happen to, they happen to people like to hear as well to be fair so it doesn't yeah it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't trouble me 
I'm not losing any sleep over it. He'll come back stronger for the next game. Yeah. Chris, anything else to add to that? Yeah, I think, you know, the, be- the best keepers in the league, uh, quite a few of them have had kind of howlers this season. If you kind of look back a month or so, uh, Alisson at Liverpool, you know, obviously, you know, they're kind of running away with it at the moment up top. Um, you know, he-, he had a couple of howlers. Um, it's just what happens. Uh, and I think, you know, his kind of mental strength, and that's something that Rafa clearly kind of prizes in his players that he signs, uh, you would hope that his mental strength uh, means that he'll bounce back. Um, as Andy says, you know, I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as and as Rob says, you know, uh, he will kind of um, save us more points than than he loses us. Um, so yeah, I still totally back him, yeah. and I still think he's fantastic. Yeah, I think that's the sentiment on Twitter and, and socials as well. Like that sort of soundbite, isn't it? That he's winning us more points than he's losing us. And I think you know as well, it's probably worth noting that Spurs had a couple of chances earlier on, like. And and he's not let those in. Like I think we would have we would be we would have a much higher goal difference if it wasn't for Dubravka and I and I would hate for um lower. Well, you know what I mean. And um I would hate for that I'm getting very emotional about it. I think it's because it's Sunday morning. I would hate for anyone to <laughs> <laughs> to judge him on Come that on, one. Let's get a heartfelt monologue here about just leave my Dubravka alone. <laughs> oh my god, it's like leave Britney alone. He it's, saved it's so new many one. goals. He's so good and tall. Um, anyway, you, you see how I feel. Um, okay, okay. So then, with that in mind and the goal in mind, obviously it was like 80 something minutes. We were nearly, nearly at, at the nil nil full time. Nearly got a point. Chris, were we unlucky or do you think we deserved a point? Uh, I think it can be definitely argued. I mean, uh, Andy highlighted uh, the wastefulness uh, that Spurs had. Um, They're 21 shots and four on target, and I think that's reflective of some real defensive endeavour. Uh, Fabian mm-hmm. Scher in particular, uh, actually, well, most of the def- well, all defenders had a really good game, but Fabian Scher I thought was fantastic, uh, and the way that he, you know, he cleared one off the line, um, yeah, and he kind of his marking was fantastic, um, yeah. So I mean, I thought that, I think you know, if anyone was going to win it, it was probably going to be Spurs, but I think it can be argued that we were kind of in in the hunt for a point. Uh, and the fact that kind of you know Rondon, you know, let's not forget, got close as well, um, hitting the woodwork. Uh, yeah, I think you know it could have on another day been nil nil or or one all. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Rob. <clears throat> yeah, um, I, I I think Spurs deserved a win, just purely because of the the uh, chances that they created. Um, that they, they had some really good chances from crosses in the box in the first half um, which were completely wasted um, they hit the woodwork a couple of times um, and I, I just felt from where I was watching on the TV Son looked like he was he was going to have a good game he, yeah. he looked so threatening earlier on he, early on in the game he was he, he was he was really on it and he, look, he just looked like he was going to score at some point during the match which obviously ended up happening and just, I just sort of felt early on that if, if we could get a point, it was going to be a very good point. Yep. Andy? So we were unlucky in the sense that Dubravka doesn't make those mistakes every single week. So that's, that's unlucky. But on the other hand, 
Newcastle United are very, very good at last-ditch defending. We do a lot of clearing stuff off the line, get just throwing bodies in the way of stuff, and we do concede a lot of chances. And as Rob says, they only got four on target, but 21 shots is quite a lot, and I'd love to know how many of them were just like people like themselves just hoying their body in front of it. Um, and kind of because we lack quality in the side, we end up in these situations where we have to have these last-ditch um, tackles and saves on the line and such like. So inevitably, there's only so long you can get away with that. And I think it's unlucky in the sense that the, the Sun one was a fairly innocuous shot, but there was mm. they had plenty of other opportunities and they were sort of peppering our goal and the, there was a lot of pressure on the side. So it, there's an element of it was always coming. It was just how long could we hold on for, so... Yeah, the goal was unlucky, but overall, you know, the goal was probably inevitable at some stage. Mm. So I think, I think probably Spurs deserved it very just, because even though they were putting the pressure on our side and we were um, playing really, uh, like, deep for most of the game and first half, um, I think we still managed to keep them out and so like for most of the game so I was like well can't we have can't we have one point from this I sort of think we deserved one point but um, I, like I think we we, des- we definitely deserved a point but whether well yeah okay I don't know what I'm going to say there yeah, I mean, I'm I'm clutching at straws slightly, and I think you know when you put it into perspective, if you think about um, our our week, like we would have been happy if you started the week um, with like thinking we were going to get two points out of Spurs and City, we've got three. So, I mean, that's a good week for us. So, um, so yeah. All right. Well, um, we'll we'll keep talking. We'll keep talking. Um, we were in a five-point cushion in the relegation battle um, ahead of um, ahead of this game. Obviously bolstered by our win on Tuesday. Um, we have gone back to two. Um, do we feel like the weekend's results were good? Do we? How do we feel? We all are. You know, going forward, Andrew, I'm going to come to you. I think we're still in a pretty good position. I think we were always going to get a reaction from Cardiff this weekend, playing at home. Um, given the sort of the emotions, room, the level they are at that club, and I think that's you know that's obviously had an effect on their performance this weekend. I think it's meant that they've come out, come out fighting. But from our perspective, we've got through now. Spurs and City where as you say we probably mostly Castle fans expected us to come out with nothing we've come out with three points we've now got Arsenal away and Liverpool at home left of the sort of top six sides left to play um, and we've got a fairly decent run coming up you know I think we've got, we've got Huddersfield mm-hmm. at home we've got Wolves away which Wolves, I think Wolves, yeah. Wolves are one of the most overrated sides in the Premier League at the minute I mean people getting carried away saying they're the best team ever to be promoted have just totally forgotten the fact that <laughs> Newcastle finished third in their first season in the Premier League but you know, we don't like to brag on this podcast um, <laughs> we don't need to yeah. um, you know, and then we've got teams like West Ham and, and you know, we've got in theory 
easier games to come now and I think yeah. bringing in Barreca and Alm- Almiron especially is going to be a boost to the players and I think even though <coughs> we've lost yesterday I think the, there's still a bit of momentum hanging over from the City game I think the belief is back in there and I think the players yesterday will feel they'll feel it was unfortunate that um, you know we've lost 1-0 to the to, you know, Dubravka mistake goal it's not like we've been peppered 3 or 4 nil by you know, a regular Champions League side these days. So I'm optimistic. We've got a bit of a cushion. I think this this I think Cardiff between now and the end of the season won't pick up enough points and I think Fulham and Huddersfield are more or less doomed. Um, yeah, well Huddersfield there's no I, I don't know how they, they they can't come back, I don't think. Yeah, I think they've accepted their fate as well, I think. This yeah. sounds coming out from the club themselves. I mean I don't think they really strengthened in January. Um so I'm I'm feeling Pretty confident, to be honest. I mean, we've got good, good games going up, and mm. why not? We were on a similar points total to this this time last year, and we we finished tenth. So, true. string some results together. Who knows? Europe's calling. Rob, <laughs> Europe's calling. Rob. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm very confident about staying up now, and um, I think once once we get um, Almiron into the side and uh, up and running, that's going to give us a a new sort of dimension to our play and I think it's gonna it's gonna mean we'll be able to play a bit higher at the pitch and it'll just give the opposition a little bit more to think about defensively against us because most teams who are playing up against us at the minute know how we're gonna set up very defensively and if if we get him into the team with a bit of attacking threat then I think that's gonna um that's it's only gonna benefit us. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling very confident and looking at the, the, the teams currently below us I think I think we're certainly gonna pick up more points than they are I think the one thing that might derail us is that we've still got quite a threadbare squad and I think particularly if Rondon was to pick up a serious injury that would be an absolute disaster for us because I don't even want to think about Hosselu starting games for us in the Premier League anymore it's just (laughs) it just terrifies us Um, but barring any serious injury to Rondon I think we could we'll be fine Okay, and Chris, what what do you think? Uh, I'm sli- well. I don't know about worried, but um, you know, I did, definitely didn't expect Cardiff to pick up that result yesterday, especially yeah. given uh, how kind of um, brilliant Bournemouth were earlier in the week. Um, that said, I don't think they're going to be capable of kind of turning uh, that kind of result out week in week out. Um, they have a kind of mixed bag of kind of uh, teams in the running, um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. So yeah. I, I think we'll probably be okay but maybe not quite as confident as, as uh, you guys are yeah and from my perspective I think we'll be alright we're scrappy little fighters and um, and I, I think you know the Rondon point is a really good point and not one I'd really considered so that's something that I don't want to think about um, <laughs> just been but so barring that you've, you've seen mm-hmm. against Manchester City like how good he can be and even yesterday the, the amount he battles and for a team that we've played <coughs> so so deep and he's so isolated to do as much as he does do is pretty remarkable and mm-hmm. it's quite frustrating that we've not yeah, signed him permanently because I think obviously Spurs are going to be in the market for someone and I, I think he'd be ideal for them someone to come in when Harry Kane's not around I think they'd be mad to pass up an opportunity to take him OK, a quick bonus question <laughs> um, I, do, I suspect I know what people are going to say because 
I know what I'm going to say. But we saw Bereka come on yesterday, got a bit of a run out. Did uh, did anyone feel... I mean, what do you... Rob, what did that look like on telly? Did it look like he was, you know, making much of an impact? Or was it just really just a bit of a run out for him? Well, what was noticeable was when he came on, I think it was like the 86th minute or something, he was, he was essentially a left winger. Um, mm-hmm. He was so high up the pitch and literally hugging the touchline and... You know, he didn't get much of a look in, did he, in the last five minutes? But um, yeah, I think towards the end, Rafa's obviously put him on in the hope that he's going to maybe create something as a mm-hmm. from from the left side. But um, his his opportunity never really came, to be honest. So yeah, he didn't yeah. didn't really have much of a chance. So he didn't have a game. lot of time, to be fair. But no. uh, Chris, is there? Yeah, so I mean, I guess while he plays on the left side of defence, uh, we know that you know from reports uh, his kind of game is more uh, attack minded uh, much like Yedlin kind of mirroring the right side um, and obviously uh, Paul Dummett fantastic defender but I mean not so good going forward um, so I think he gives us an extra option in terms of if we're chasing game um, obviously he needs to kind of get up to speed with um, how Rafa does things um, but I think you know in you know if that game was happening uh, you know a month down the line uh, and you know we conceded earlier. I could, I could see kind of Rafa bringing him on earlier. Uh, I think one of the positives of having him uh, in the squad is obviously that he's going to be given um, competition, not just for the left back slot for Paul Dummett, but also kind of further up the pitch. And that can only be a good thing. Um, you know, we've been crying out for a left back for so long, but any competition which kind of um, you know uh, pushes the likes of Atsu or Kennedy to kind of improve their performances uh, can only be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. I think it's a slightly unfair question for me because you only got, you know, what, eight minutes on the pitch, really. Um, but um, but I just thought it was, you know, it was good to see one of our new signings. Obviously, Almiron couldn't play yesterday. He hasn't had his work authorisation. Um, but um, I thought it was, yeah, it was good. Well, I think that sort of sums up where we are, how we're doing. Obviously, a bit of a disappointing result from Cardiff, but I think Newcastle are very much within a good chance. Um, Chris isn't as convinced, but, you know, that's okay. He's our resident pessimist. Um, <laughs> and um, and that is it. We have uh, plenty of other uh, podcasts coming out on Patreon this week. We will be doing a Wolves preview. We're doing our very popular as it was when it was, um, looking back at uh, a Wolves away fixture or two, um, and uh, as well as loads of other stuff. So if you've enjoyed this, do consider, or just do subscribe to our Patreon content. And, um, and thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.